Welcome to The Cut on Tuesdays. On Thursday, I'm Stella Bugby, editor-in-chief of The Cut. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life This is How I Get It Done, The Cut series about ambitious women and the way they live. How they deal with their inboxes, people's feelings, their grocery shopping, their morning routines. What do they know that we don't? What do they do that we can steal? It's part advice column, part love letter, part voyeurism. Literally life hacking. On this episode, I'm talking to Robin Roberts, host of a little show on ABC called Good Morning America. It's the most watched morning show in the country. The word fearless is sort of cliche, but Robin really does seem fearless. She's one of the most positive, outgoing, curious people I've ever met. Not only has she survived cancer twice, she interviews high-profile people like both Michelle and Barack Obama. She's a Peabody Award winner, a three-time Emmy Award winner, and a native of Mississippi. Currently, she's just a New York City woman I admire. It's kind of hard to describe what it's like to be near her. She's so physically impressive. I recently saw her at an event dressed in head-to-toe pink. She cuts quite a path. On the day we spoke, it was 9.30 in the morning, in the heart of Times Square, and she had just come off of her show. I'm not not a morning person, but Robin, she's on a totally different level. I wake up at 3.15. 3.15. Oh, look at those eyes. It's a podcast, so you can't see those big eyes. But 3.15 a.m., I wake up. The first alarm goes off. 3.30, I turn on the TV. I watch like 10 minutes of the headlines from overnight news. Um, I then turn off the TV and I meditate for 20 minutes. In your bedroom? In my bedroom. So 20 minutes of meditation and then there's two minutes of you stop saying your mantra, but you just kind of, you don't just pop out of bed. And then... um, So at this point, it's four? It's four. It's basically, it's like four, five, four, Four five, five, four, (laughs) two. Actually, it's about closer to four, five. Um, And I just, I do some deep breathing. Then I turn the TV set back on to catch more of the news and then hop in the shower and I'm in the studio by five o'clock. And how many people are waiting for you? Have you had breakfast? Are you I have no, ready I to can't go? eat. I can't eat in the morning. Um, I take um, some gummies, vitamin gummies, not other gummies. Thank you very much. I take my vitamin gummies and um, I say the same prayer, the prayer of protection, and it goes, the light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds me. The power of God protects me. The presence of God watches over me. Wherever I am, God is. I say that before I open my door. Um, Then I get here, and I know know how you're looking at me right now. I didn't wake up like this. I have a glam fam, okay? So how many people does it take to make you look this good? (laughs) It takes a village. Uh, DeAndre dresses me. Um, Elena is my makeup artist. Uh, Petula is my hairstylist. Um, Nicole right now is my morning producer. Um, So they're all in there, and they just help me kind of get ready for the day. So I'm in my dressing room from about five to six. And then I'm, uh, we say a prayer. Um, De- DeAndre leads us in prayer at 630 from Joel Osteen. He has his message of the day. And then I head out to the studio and start doing promos in Philadelphia, New York. And then at seven o'clock, I say, good morning, America. Have you had any coffee? No, 
I have not <laughs> at this Al Natural, baby. Could you imagine if I had coffee? No, I don't. I don't. I may. I will drink water. I drink plenty of water in the drive-in and and uh, in the dressing room. Um, I used to have a hard-boiled egg that I would eat. I don't really. Occasionally, I will do that. Sometimes I'll drink some tea. I have kombucha on the set. But you know what, girl? When we have cooking segments on the show, I tear that food up. We had a pork chop yesterday. <laughs> I, so if it's like almost like behind the curtain. So so what time did you eat that pork chop? I, well, I ate that pork chop at 8.40. So that was lunch, basically. That was almost dinner. Yeah. But, you know, but, and people often wonder, how do we eat on the show like we do? We're just mowing. Well, you've been up since three. Thank you very much. You understand our pain. So I do that. And and then, um, you know, most people, when they go to work, it's a crescendo. You know, you go to work. You know, you've been asking about coffee. Someone has their coffee. They're asking their, you know, hey, how'd you do last night? You're just kind of kicking back, maybe looking at little headlines. We're shot out of a cannon to begin the day. Okay. And then we try and bring ourselves down and then have to come, come back up. So it's a little bit different than most people are used to. So you are just coming off the air of a fairly intense morning. What does the rest of your day look like? Okay, so I will do voiceover work. um, If I'm working on a piece of some sort, Um, I'm in the process right now of I have a really big booking with Michelle Obama. And so I am pouring through her book. I am doing a lot of research for that to get uh, geared up for that. We'll be doing it in Chicago on site in a couple of weeks. Um, I will, I always try and find like today, like yesterday was yoga. I had my yoga at one o'clock and it's actually, it's, it's specifically yoga for people who've gone through cancer because our balance is a little different. Um, our bone structure sometimes changes. And so I have this wonderful instructor who's gone through uh, breast cancer herself. And, uh, so she was, (laughs) and there was a lot going on in this particular day because that was the day that, you know, CNN had to be evacuated and all of these. So I'm, I'm a little tense. And so, I'm seeing off to the side because it's in our gym that's in our apartment building and I'm seeing the monitors and she's trying to, she's like, breathe, Robin. I'm like, you know, so I'm in my yoga pose and I'm looking, doing a downward dog and going, oh my gosh, what's going on here? So it was a little counterproductive, but I try and do either Pilates, yoga, something in the middle of the day um, to kind of break it up because when you're doing morning television, you don't, you're not really off because you have to prep for those people who believe we only work two hours a day, that's not true. We don't work just seven to nine. There's a lot of prep work that goes into preparing for the next day and other projects that we're working on. And I have my production company, too. How do you prepare, let's say, to talk to Michelle Obama or something, somebody that is incredibly powerful or stressful to you? Not that she is stressful, but just... No. No, you know. I understand. I've gotten better as I've gotten older. That used to, I'm telling you, before... I would be up, pacing, worried about every possible thing that could go wrong. If I might ask a wrong question or not the right follow-up, it would just, I mean, it would just, I would be up. I'm a little more seasoned now. Um, I'm more prepared. I have a, a great support staff. Um, I, I remember when I was an athlete that I was always at my best if I'd put in the work. And it's no different with the work that I do here. So I just make sure that I'm absolutely as prepared as I can be. And I don't, you have to change the way you think in order to change the way you feel. Why think of the worst case scenario? 
So I make sure that my mindset um, is thinking in a positive way. And thankfully, Stella, I've gotten into the habit, and I've said this, and I say it countless times, because repetition is the mother of skill. Optimism is a muscle that gets stronger with use, like any other muscle that you exercise. And because I've done that at an early age, it's become a habit. Yeah, I know you've talked a lot before about discipline and your father mm-hmm. teaching you discipline. Uh-huh. Um, and you seem like an incredibly disciplined person in what you're mentioning. Wait, thank you. Yes, in general. <laughs> no, sorry, um, so you seem like a very disciplined <laughs> Well, person. to be able to train yourself in optimism <laughs> right, 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 is right. a discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give someone who feels undisciplined, who, who needs a little help? I, give yourself a break. You know, I am disciplined, but I am also someone, I don't beat myself up. Like today, I'm into this Peloton craze. I am all about it. Woo, I love me some Allie Love. I am Allie Love. Oh, I love her. Um, And the other instructors as well. I'm planning right now, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm planning on doing a session today. If I don't do it for whatever reason, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. So I am disciplined, but I cut myself some slack. And that's what I would tell people. Consistency is just as important as being disciplined. Is there any sort of um, way to jumpstart your discipline? You know, if you're, if you're really, truly feeling unable to get going, was there any advice you would say? Get in the habit, you know, like, okay, if a friend says to you, um, where do you want to go to lunch? And you're like, I don't really care. Make a decision. Get in the habit, you know, just those little things. I mean, something as simple as, well, I, uh, it, everything is habit forming. And so I think if you start small, it's kind of like I love speaking now, um, and I speak to large groups. I used to drink. I used to be a Rotary Club. I would go knocking on. You want me to speak at your? I didn't just automatically start speaking at, at large groups. It's the same way with discipline. Start with something small. Set some small goals for yourself, and just keep expanding upon that. But I, I just really want to stress that I told you about the discipline and my father and my mother teaching us. Did I ever tell you about the three D's? Did I ever tell you discipline, about the de- determination? Determination and the Lord. And the Lord. <laughs> the Lord. The Lord. You're not from the South. You can't even sell us. You're like, like, no, d- the Lord. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. I know. But you do, those, you do, know, full, do it the full ah, way. Yeah, the Lord. Um, but that, see, to me, that goes together. I mean, discipline is being determined, that, that, that determination. And um, I, I just think that if people just set some small goals for themselves and um, they'll, they'll just keep building on it. Um, talk to me about love and what, how you make time for the people in your life that you love being as busy as you are. Let's see, uh, as we're speaking, it is uh, toward the end of the week, I've seen Amber and I had a date night. We had a date night Monday night. Um, What's a date night for you? Uh, date night. Well, I can't really. Well, because it's it's not really. It wasn't really the norm. Um, there was a prominent person who, at the last moment, had a dinner party for like 30, 40 people, and we usually don't go to those kind of things. We have the best time, and we were like holding hands under the table. It was really sweet. It was really, especially for me, because I can be so, I'm so focused and everything. And, and she was just like, this is, it was just for a Monday night, a school night 
because usually I don't want to stay out late. Um, that was very special. We're going to Connecticut this weekend. I bounced up and down. We were just in. <laughs> we were just in. Um, she uh, she 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 jokingly said to me that she's back on the travel circuit with me, because um, I'm allowing her to go on speaking engagements with me. Because before I was um, kind of like uh, I just you know I need to focus and that. And um, so she, she, she jokingly says, I'm back on the, she's back on the circuit. So we've been traveling a lot on weekends because I've just had a lot of appearances. And we make time for each other during that time. It's not just going to do the engagement. It's also we had dinner in San Diego with a dear friend because um, we were there. It's just making those, um, those moments. But it's just... How about family, friends? Do you text with them? Do you send them messages? Do you, or are you sort of shut out when you're I working? Wish I, had, I wish I had my phone here. We have, uh, uh, we have a group text. It drives me freaking crazy with my family sometimes, okay? I'm just going to be honest. And it's called Magnificent Seven. And I'm like, you know, and it's like ding, 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 you know, and I'm like, going, okay, guys, I'm at work. I'm glad you guys are having a good time here, but I don't need to hear everything that's going on. And Amber's also on that list. And she's like, honey, and she said, just really, and I'm like, oh, like, like come on. Um, so we do, I'm, I'm not, um, I like to call. I just like to pick up the phone and actually talk to somebody. I'm not a big, a big texter or emailer. I would rather just pick up the call, uh, phone and call. Yeah. Right, that's what great. about you? I'm really bad at it. I what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I am very busy and I don't check texts. So then I I get angry messages from my children and my husband like, write us back. <laughs> because isn't it funny? People feel like you, when they send a text that you're supposed to respond right away. And how dare you if you don't? And sometimes it can be days. How about voicemail? Do you ever check my voicemail? Never. Oh, you're bad. I'm so bad. You're bad. I know. It's bad. How but do I you love- do that with kids? You cannot not check. I like to call. All right. I like to... I, my voicemail actually says, please do not leave a message. <laughs> because Does I will really? check this. You know yes, what? That's, because that's- I had to just say it because I didn't want people to be thinking that it was a way to get to me. That's a life hack. Well, that's, that's funny because I was hack. about to ask you about life hacks. But I'm going I'm to adopt that life hack. That way I don't have to worry about checking messages. Yeah. Are we evil people that no, we don't want to check No, absolutely not. I think it's a, the loving thing to do is just to <laughs> okay. say, I don't check this, so please don't leave a message. It's how you say it. Yeah. I like that. Well, yeah. tell me about a life hack. You know, I, you know, I was trying to think of one, um, but I, I'm, in all sincerity, I like that one because I feel like I let... I give people the idea that I am going to return their call. And sometimes I I haven't checked it in really, really long amount of time. Um, what about email? How do you deal with your inbox? Are you an inbox zero or are you uh, just like... I drive go? Amber crazy with this because I, I, am, I am pretty doggone good. And I, I set time during the week to like really go through and clear it out. I first, what I do is send out the emails that I need to take care of, and then I will respond to the other emails. Is that terrible? Not at no. all. Um, I think it's a miracle that anyone well, you, responds you to a, any emails. You, you leave a mess out. You're like, you're like, like I'm I would, good. you know, if I could put an email out of office that just said, please never email me again, oh, I might come do on. that. I like, but I do like email. I do. I do. Of all the ways to communicate with me, email is my favorite way. Why? Um... It's it's immediate. Um, it's it's uh, it gives me time to think sometimes of, of my whatever I want to respond. Um, I find that I guess I'm able to schedule things better. I don't know why. It just it's just to me it's a better way for me to be able to schedule communicate is through email. 
Talk to me a bit about communicating with people who are helping you at your job. What's something you've learned over the years about the way to best communicate what you want from someone? It's just to do that, communicate. We don't. We emojis, we are just very, um, uh, we don't communicate. And we're, and sometimes I find here I am a communicator, a journalist, that sometimes we're, we're worse at it than anybody else. I have found with especially my young staffers, um, millennials, they, they crave feedback. They want it. They really want it. They want to be critiqued. They want to, and it's not false. It's not just telling them, oh, you're doing it. They want practical things that they can use to be better at what they're doing. I love that because as an athlete, I was very coachable. Um, so we have regular meetings. Uh, we, we call them SWAT team meetings. You know, like we feel like we're the SWAT team coming in, uh, Team Robin, uh, to try and, 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 uh, and help with the program. And so it's not just, they're not just concerned and trying to find programming for me, my team, but for the entire show. And that's what I love, that we're very team-oriented, not just trying to find those stories that resonate with me, but we feel that would resonate with, with, with all of our viewers. So it's really, it's just making the time we have, I, I take them to lunch, uh, breakfast, actually usually breakfast more so than lunch, and just very spontaneous. What other tools do you use to have your team feel kind of cohesive? That I'm listening to them, that I'm taking their ideas that I want their ideas. It's very, very collaborative. I am the boss. And the people that I work with, they, they want to know that there's somebody that's in charge, but that they have a voice. And that's what's very important, that I make sure that they have not only um, a seat at the table, they have a voice at the table, and that they actually see it come to fruition, that I actually follow through and do a story that they pitch. And sometimes I'll say to them, um, and this is really, and, and sometimes I do it to test them, not, not so much to test them, but to know, let them know that I trust them. I may really not want to do a story. And I'll be like, I right, guys, I don't want to do it. I said, but you have to convince me why I should, that you're so passionate about it. Convince me why I should. Is, what's a recent example of something like oh, that? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good example. There was, oh, who did I not want? There was an interview I really did not want to do, but I can't really say it because I did it. And I don't want to think right, the sure. person to think that. What you know. was it that someone on your team said that finally convinced you? They made me see that in their group, that even though my group was not, wasn't resonating with us or we were, it wasn't something that was hot with us, not even hot, but just that was a topic that with their set of friends, it was like, oh my gosh, and made me just see it in, through a different lens. And that's what's so important, I think, about um, just how I say it, said that, seeing it through a different lens. That's why we have to have diversity. That's why we have to have different people at the table. You know, I've said this before, you know, diversity, great, great. Inclusion. Diversity, you're on the team. Inclusion, you're in the game. I don't want to just be on the team. I want, I want to freaking get in the game. I want to be able to contribute. And that's what I've learned through the people that I have around me, and they learn from me too. And so I'm grateful when they can make me see it through their lens. Uh, I will never compromise my standards. If it was something that I was, you know, morally or something opposed to, I don't care. You can, you can preach to the cows come home. But if it's just the difference of opinion or something like that, I'm open to it. This is a question I always ask mm-hmm. our How I Get It Done panelists live. I but like that. How, to... how I Get It Done, that's the segment. 
Um, oh, I get it done. I just get it done. <laughs> How do you get it done? I, you know what? I'm glad you asked like that because there's oftentimes I wish I can say like roll out a piece of paper. Well, Stella, if you did A, B, C, D, um, you just get it done. You find a freaking way to do it. And everyone's different in how That's they go the about determination. That here, is yes. the determination. But I know that there there are a lot of people who do need um, something more tactile. Like they need something to to hang on to, uh, something that's more concrete in in advice to help them. Um, but how I get it done is, I find a way. I find a way. I find people who um, are like minded. Um, I grew up playing sports and being a sports journalist, there were not a lot of women, and there were even fewer black women. Um, now, if I only looked to them to help me, uh, I would not be sitting here with you right now. Uh, there were a lot of men. There were a lot of just, just different people from all walks of life. And I'm uh, incredibly grateful that um, I reached out and I said, I need your help. This is what I want to do. I think sometimes we're we're afraid and we think it's a sign of weakness if, we, if, we are, if we're asking questions. Um, I've never been shy about saying, holding my hand up and going, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't know, can you, can you help me here? And conversely, and to be in a position where now I can, can help others and, and, and bringing them along. Um, but I just am really, it is, especially if you have, you said you have children, you have daughters, sons? Three children, two sons and a daughter. Okay. Do you encourage your daughter as much as your sons to play sports? Do they play sports? Sadly, none of my children are very athletic. Okay, <laughs> okay at least it's universal. I have, I have, oh my gosh. So. Well, I'm not Does very athletic. Make, uh, part of the, okay, yeah, thumbs up. No, but my point being, I, I really believe playing sports helped me. I am a proud product of Title IX. I am so grateful for that legislation that encouraged and taught and not just for education, not just for sports, but for education. And so I think um, my sister, older sister, who saved my life, by the way, um, my bone marrow donor, she's um, older, taller, more beautiful, smarter, all these things. She never played sports. And there was a time that she was going through a contract negotiation. And I'm eight years her junior. And she called me, and she was like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to ask for a raise, da, 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 this, that, and the other. How do you go about doing it? And I'm giving her all these tips, and I'm like, eh. And somebody was overhearing me, and they said, oh, um, boy, you're, you're a great big sister. I'm like, no, actually, I was talking to my big sister. And my sister, Sally Ann, said, you know what? It's because she played sports. That she felt more that I was, I don't know, it's just this kind of like, Arr! I'm going to find I, you get a game plan. Um, that's how I approached my illnesses. You know, cancer was the opponent. My doctors were my coaches. Um, the treatment was the game plan. And I think that's really part of why when people look at me and they, and they want advice, and I'm like, I just want to shake them and go, Did you just, just do it. So what piece of advice would you give your younger self? I would tell my younger self, you know, I, I, I come across as being so strong, and I am, um, but I'm, I'm quite vulnerable. And I would tell my younger self that um, you know, mom and dad are going to die. You're going to almost die. But you know what? You're going to be sitting here on this day talking to Stella, and um, people are going to want to hear your story. 
for whatever reason, and hopefully there'll be something that they, someone can glean from it that will make their life better at this particular moment. And um, I would tell my younger self, don't be so afraid. And you know what? You're going you're gonna to F up big times, a lot of times, and it's going to be okay. And you're going to figure it out. That's what I tell my younger self. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. That was great. Oh, gosh. Thank you. I didn't mean to make you cry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who are you, Barbara gosh. Walters? What are you doing to me? I'm sorry for making uh, I know. cry. I don't like to cry. Well, actually, I'm a big crier. Sorry, uh, America. It's all, it's, just, it's all about emotion. But I mean that sincerely. I think, I think about, you know, there's so many incredibly talented people out there who are afraid and I just want to I just want to shake them and say you know we all are we all are every one of us are and my sister Sally Ann said it best she said don't let fear keep you from your destiny and all those things that you think are going to make you crumble um, I know it sounds so Pollyannish but it does make you stronger and it's all about um, you know you don't get to choose uh, the music that life plays you, but you do get to choose how you dance to it. Beautiful. You are beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's it for this week's How I Get It Done. Molly, we'll see you next Tuesday. This episode was produced by Nazanin Rafsanjani and Kimmy Regler and mixed by Sam Baer. Our theme song is 9 to 5 by the one and only Dolly Parton. Special thanks to Lauren Stark and Kara Fisher. The Cut on Tuesdays on Thursdays is a production of Gimlet Media and The Cut. No matter-